Hey, what's good? It's your boy, Vaughn. I don't have a podcast. That's why you're here. Listening to my boy, John, on the John Effect Podcast. to the John Effect Podcast. This is episode 252. New listeners, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Jamal Cena, your master of ceremonies, Cuban Roast in the Flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the pod father, a.k.a. Afro-Latino Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, the young OG, three-button poppy, cheekbone Jones, Juancito Fuego, the Prince of Potomac, 68 Savage, because the Odie's niggas won. BKA, often imitated, never duplicated, cannot be replaced. Guys, let's get into some housekeeping. 2022 is still very fresh, but... I'm, by the grace of God, and thank you, Lord, it, it, it's it been some good days, and I, I'm appreciative of that. So, housekeeping. Follow the kid on Twitter, at JohnEFX. Use the official hashtag when you listen to this raggedy podcast. Hashtag PodQB. Also, when you see the links on your timeline, guys, please, please, please retweet those links. Um, like those links. It helps the show gain traction. This is year six, nigga, and I I want all the traction. I want to really push the show. Like It's so crazy. I'm just as invested, if not more, at year six than I was year four, year five, year one, year two, year three. Like I don't know. Like The podcast bug is still in your boy. Pause if needed. Um, But yeah, Go over to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, write a review, give your boy four or five stars, tag me, let me know that you've given me a review of rated the show, I've been drinking, or that you've rated the show, I would totally appreciate that. Um, Also, if you listen on SoundCloud, for my, oh, I'm drunk, there is no SoundCloud. (laughs) If you listen to the show on Spotify, you can now rate on Spotify. Give me some stars on Spotify. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, if you want to email the show, the email for the show is the John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to give commentary, if you want to potentially collaborate, we can do that. If you want to just sound off, feel free. I'm super interactive and I'm always checking that email and everything and also for jackie and john you can always 
leave us a bitch what we would love to hear your bitch what's um so that number two zero two six four three eight seven seven six scream at us let us know um we'll be back next month uh jackie and john is on winter break we will be back in february when jackie takes center stage for when i was 17. um also you can listen to the podcast so many places you can listen to the podcast on anchor you can listen to the podcast on apple podcast of course you can listen on spotify you can listen on stitcher you can listen on good pods you can listen on iHeartRadio. you can listen on Castbox, overcast Acast, so many places that you can get you know your weekly fix or however you listen to the show um so you know check it out also i'm on tiktok follow me on tiktok i'm still new i'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to really grasp TikTok. So you can follow me on TikTok, the John Effect, um, Instagram, the John Effect. Um, if Facebook is your thing, go over to Facebook.com forward slash the John Effect Podcast. Links for the show, you know, that's a great place to get those so you can listen to this show as well as shows that I listen to. Even though I'm a podcaster with a capital P, I am still an avid listener where I don't listen to half as much po- or half as many podcasts that i used to listen to i am still an avid listener so let's get into some personal effects so you guys know i'm vaccine poppy i am masked up poppy i hate that this pandemic is has no signs of slowing down but i can't just sit in the house and fester away and you know I, I make it a point to to leave the house and try to you know go on and do things that i normally would do of course masked up and i'm always social distancing so it's so funny i'm not a horror guy yet i love the scream films and um i asked andrew my good friend uh former pod or former the pod panel uh panelist and good friend of mine we actually went to go see the new screen um i almost went by myself but i'm like nah nigga <laughs> your mind is too imaginative and you live alone and <laughs> you all the way out 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 in the boons so i was like andrew let's go see screen so he said yes so let me just say this i'm not as pussy as i thought i was because like I re- I remember, and it's funny that I'm talking about Scream um, on this episode. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Just pay attention. The devil is in the details. But yeah, so me and Andrew are going to see it. So for the most part, the theater is almost dead, which I love that because when I went to go see Spider-Man, the theater was dead. So I'm seeing this with Andrew, and the theater's dead, and we're picking our seats. So you know, we are down towards the bottom of the theater so we can see the screen he's like why do you want to sit so close because i didn't know who all was going to be in here and i was like anyway nigga, we can sit where we want to like yes we bought a ticket and yes we said we wanted this section but for real we can sit where we want to he's like i don't know if that's allowed nigga i'm gonna do what the fuck i want to do and then he's like why are you sitting so far from me and i'm like nigga, i'm social distancing like i love you but i'm not going to be right next to you or two seats from you so yes i was six or seven seats away from andrew but we could still talk or whatever um so i let me just say this 
I enjoyed Scream more than I enjoyed Scream 3. Well, Scream 3 to me sucked ass. I will say this one was slightly better than... No, hold on. It was it was running neck and neck with Scream 4. Definitely not as good as 1 or 2, but kind of running neck and neck with 4. Let me just say this. The movie started... I had to like The movie started... I shouldn't have stood up. The movie started out pretty strong. And I was like, okay, this is what's up. But let me just say this. Me and Andrew, cutting up. We some niggas, so we was cutting up. And we got to act three. And I, I guess the writers and the producers and, and the director was like, you know what? I don't know if they freestyled this for act three. But let me just say this. Nigga, Act 3 was chaotic. I'm not giving spoilers away, um, but maybe I am. So let me just say, there's this one scene. The, one of the main characters, she's in the hospital. She is banged up because she's in the hospital. This chick is in a wheelchair <laughs> trying to get away from Ghostface. <laughs> and she literally is trying it on this wheelchair like she's an 80 year old woman with a bad back and a broken hip and i'm like ma'am just sit there and just get sliced up because there's no way you're going to make it out alive the way you are struggling in this wheelchair andrew and i are hollering in the theater because we're like this is just absurd but all in all, I enjoyed the movie. Um, will I go see it again in theaters? No. Will I stream it on whatever streaming site it comes out in a few months? Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I had a good time. Like, I missed Andrew. I, I take COVID completely seriously, but I, I want to still see my friends. Like, it, it was good seeing him. I hadn't seen him since um, Black Friday when we went to dinner with Jackie. So it was good to see him. Um, so hopefully we can see each other some more and spend time. Like, granted, we all, we talk and chat all the time, but it's just nothing like seeing your friends, you know, face to face. And let me just say this: Andrew is getting better looking with age. Anywho, I'm gonna freshen up this cocktail, and we'll be right back after the flippy motherfucker. This week's edition of Gold, Silver, Bronze is all about 1997. Oh, that was such a good year. Like, huh. the stepdaddy Slater was born. Anyway, let's chop it up, guys. I've taken three singles from 1997, and we are now tasked with who gets our gold, who gets our silver, who gets our bronze. Live tweet me, let me know. Call into the show. You know, we can go there. You can text the show. You can email the show. But first, kicking things off, Usher with You Make Me One of the lead single from his sophomore album, My Way, released August 5th, 1997, produced by Jermaine Dupree and Maxwell, excuse me, Manuel Seal. Peaked at number two on the Hot 100. It took the summit position on the Hot R&B Hip Hop songs. Next, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. The single from the Titanic soundtrack and from her fifth studio album, Let's Talk About Love, released December 8th, 1997. Produced by Walter Afanasiev. Peaked at number one on the Hot 100. 
and number three on U.S. Rhythmic. Last and certainly not least, Notorious B.I.G. with Hypnotize, the lead single from his final slash sophomore album, Life After Death, released March 1st, 1997, produced by D. Dot, Ron Amenra, and excuse me, oh, I'm drunk. My tongue is super heavy right now. Ron Amenra Lawrence took the summit spot on both the Hot 100 and the hip hop excuse me, the hot R&B hip-hop songs. So, guys, who's getting gold? Who's getting silver? Who's getting bronze? This one is probably not going to be a surprise because you guys know how I feel about Usher and Raymond IV. Um, so, gold, without a doubt, like, you make me want to, like, when this came out, I was like, I love Usher. Like, the song, sonically, like, it spoke to me. Like, I didn't, I wasn't seriously, I didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend at the time. You know, I was, I was having dalliances with older men, but it wasn't, it was, that was more purely sexual and flirtatious. It wasn't anything about relationships, but I, I loved the song. I loved Usher. Like, I, I remember being like, damn, this guy is not only super talented, he looks good. Like, I wanted Usher abs so bad. Like, I had the great value version of those abs at that time. Um, I'm giving my silver, and this is a close silver, to Hypnotize. Like, Hypnotize was so smooth. Like, this went off. When I say this went off, because I was still in middle school when this came out. I was in eighth grade. It actually was second semester, eighth grade. Like they would, of course, they played the super edited version at the school dances at this time. So it was so crazy because you know I was I was out here, but you know two different. It's crazy. How are you, thirteen, fourteen years old, living two different worlds? Like. You know, to the public, you know, I'm this squeaky clean, all-American, clean-cut, chocolate chip in this white landscape, you know, with white girlfriends and this, that, and the third. And, you know, once the lights go off and once it's, you know, it's after hours, you know, sneaking around with these niggas. But anyway, so um, Hypnotize definitely gets my silver. And only by default, I love Celine Dion. If anyone is befitting of the title of vocal bible it's most certainly celine dion but i had to go there with celine so yeah celine is my silver excuse me my i'm drunk forgive me oh well judge your dick seconds that moms uh but you know hang tight we'll be right back the john defect podcast presents when i was 17 with very special guest justin ruff Guys, it is another round of When I Was 17. And this next voice is no stranger to the show. Um, they're making their triumphant return. I am elated to be able to collaborate with our very special guest. So you know what? I'm going to throw it to the guest. I'm going to let our very special guest introduce himself. Uh, hi, I'm Justin. Um, Justin Ruff is my at name. Y'all probably know me from that. 
Uh, we usually see my my thirst traps getting quote tweeted by John, and uh, <laughs> usually with the fire emoji. So, uh, other than that, I'm just really a podcast groupie, just here for the podcasting. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you, thank you, thank. You. I wanted to thank you on air, also. Um, you know, I like to be consistent. So again, I want to thank you for making your return to the show. It has been a while, but I am glad that you are back. And I want to thank you for coming on this new journey with me. So when you're ready, let's kick off when I was 17. All right. So my birthday is around Memorial Day. And this is going to be very, very painful to say out loud, but it was, uh, would have been Memorial Day 1997 when oh. I would have turned, uh, when I would have turned 17. So, okay. uh, you know, you, you asked me, um, I, I guess I can kind of talk about like what were the major news stories. Um, the big one was uh, Princess Di ended up passing away my senior year or around, it was around labor day and this is going to sound like the most 90s sentence ever i was in an aol chat room oh. and somebody was like hey did y'all hear princess diana died and we're like no way but uh it then somebody else is like no princess diana died like they're reporting it on the news and so it became the only thing anybody could talk about uh, and it was the biggest news story um, my senior year by far. The other big one was um, the uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal broke uh, oh, in February of yeah. my senior year. And that thing did not go away. And, <laughs> you know, with uh, the FX show, they're still talking about it. Yes. And it's still a really, really big deal. So those were the major news stories. Um, we were still dealing with the fallout from the Heaven's Gate cult uh, mass suicide. That. that would have been just before I turned 17, but we're still dealing with a lot of the aftermath from it. So those were the, like, the big news stories. Uh, personally, I uh, lost my grandmother a couple of days after my birthday. Oh, um, so I had to, uh, I went through a lot of the fallout with, with that. And um that's pretty much it for the big news stories. I mean, like there was things like El Nino, the, the storm was really big at that mm -hmm. time, came back a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, just like my senior year. And then uh, <laughs> they cloned a sheep. Uh, I remember the that. Polly. No, not Do Polly. Dolly. 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 Yeah. And then uh, they landed one of the rovers on Mars. Uh, I remember that happened on July 4th. That was also the 50th anniversary of the Roswell, New Mexico crash. So, uh, again, uh, I always go to the, the weird stuff. So those are the major news stories that happened. Uh, when it came to the movies, there was one big movie that came out during my senior year, and that was Titanic. The weird thing about Titanic is that it was a status symbol how many times you had seen it. I remember that. So you had to see it like three, four, five, six times. And every girl in my age or younger was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. And it was, uh, that was such a cultural juggernaut. And it was also a really good time for um, movies, action movies. We had Con Air. Yes. We had when Air Nicholas Force Cage One. was actually decent. Oh, 
the, it was a glory time for, for um, action film. So yes. uh, Air Force One, Men in Black also came out that summer. Yep. Um, it was also a good time for horror. And uh, I, I know you, you uh, appreciate the, uh, the horror of that time. That was uh, Scream 2. Yes. And I know what you did last summer all yes. came out within a couple of months of each other. Yeah. And small fact, um, Scream 2 was the first rated R movie I ever went into without uh, by myself. Without Same. I was Justin. Let me jump on that real quick. That <laughs> was my first movie ever going to see by myself. So I was a little bit younger than you. So I was. Oh, okay. And I remember going to that theater. So this is 97. So I'm, yeah. four, I'm 14. No one carded me. I had no facial hair. I'm just <laughs> all lanky teenager, clearly underage. No one carded me at all. And I remember I went to see Scream 2. This is when, because I don't think theaters have done this in a while. A movie would be so good, and then they would do the re they would rerun it in theaters for like a six week period or something. I remember yes. going to see Scream Two at the re release, and I I was like, oh my god, I'm terrified. But yes, I I that that was that's something we have in common. That was my first movie ever going by myself, like by myself, not with my friends, and that was definitely my first R rated movie. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, and I, now I was born forty five. Like I, my face looks forty five naturally. So <laughs> I I honestly was not ever carded in for a movie until I was like twenty five. And I looked at the guy like, "What's your problem?" But yeah. So um, and then there was one big movie that came out and completely took over the cultural juggernaut, and that was Jerry Maguire. You could not go anywhere on the effing planet without right. somebody telling you. Show me the money. And oh now, my god! Yes. Culturally, um, I think the more um, the two lines that have more of an impact is "You complete me" and "You had me at hello." I yes. think as time goes on, those two lines are more important. But back at that time, all you heard was "Show me the money." Now that leads me to what was going on in the television world, okay? Because that was also the year that. Ellen's character came out on the I show. And she used a lot of the elements of show me the money. Like at the beginning of the episode, she's trying to get down and dirty with the guy and she's like, show me the money. So I thought that was a pretty good segue from uh, Jerry Maguire to Ellen. That was such a big moment. Cause I mean, there were, there were gay characters on television before right. like uh, Billy Crystal in soap. Yeah. Um, so uh, every once in a while, you'd, you'd find a character who was gay, but they were not the lead. And right. that was a huge moment. Um, and then the last episode of Seinfeld was that year. And that was one of the most disappointing series finales ever. I agree. I was expecting more because I was a huge Seinfeld fan. I still am. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was let down. I was definitely like, this is how we're going to end the show. I get right. it, but I was like, ah. Yeah, it was, it was probably that. The Sopranos are my two most uh, disappointing series finales ever. But um, so, and then, so because you're John, I know what you're asking for. You want the music. So the definitive song from that time was Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Yes. Now, 
that was so i uh when i i didn't just watch movies or i didn't just watch i listened to music i would watch the music videos because you know uh, this sounds like a cliche but back then they really did play music videos yes and so you i would watch whatever was on vh1 i would watch whatever was on mtv and yes i did check bet to see if there was a song that i liked on their playing i know that's usually not the less melanated people did that but um, <laughs> I, I did check from time to time and one of the hottest steamiest sexiest videos was tony braxton and unbreak my heart now anytime tony did a music video it was sexy because like even breathe again when she first came out was an incredibly sexy video too right. but something about that unbreak my heart video uh her and and tyson Yep. Uh, or they had such an amazing chemistry together. It was really hot. It was really steamy. And the, the thing that stands out to me about Tony was how low she could go on that song. Right. Was, she just had that amazing vocal range. So we go from the lowest register to the highest register. That was also when Mariah Carey's Butterfly came out. Yeah. and show a great album that produced some amazing hits and speaking of the music videos honey as was one of the big music videos that came out at that time it was really entertaining had lots of fun um you know eddie griffin was a character in it oh and, yes he was i forgot about that he was yeah so like and then you had a couple of other songs come out like my all it was a very, very good album. I remember that being the Mariah Carey album. This is probably going to make the, the young ones who listen think I'm really old. But yeah, I'm, I'm butterfly old. Um, I am too. I am also butterfly <laughs> old. Butterfly was the album to me that really got me like really roped into Mariah Carey. Like I was a casual fan before, but when Butterfly came out, I was like, you know what? I really, really enjoy Mariah Carey. So that kind of really sparked like the interest in me to continue to follow her career. Cause up until that point, it was like, yeah, she's got some bops out, but I wasn't like as invested. But yes, I definitely agree. I'm butterfly old. Yes. So um, and and I'm gonna go through a couple of the entertaining songs that people go like, oh, hey, that happened during their time. Okay. Uh, I ended I ended up taking summer school because I had a really, really horrible Algebra 2 teacher. Right. And so uh, I ended up taking it again in the summer and, of course, passed it without a problem. And a person, uh, one, of, one of my classmates, uh, who I ended up becoming friends with over that, that uh, class time period, was telling me about this underground rap group up in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And they were very underground. You hadn't heard of them yet. They always had war clown makeup, and that was when I was first introduced to the insane clown posse. Oh. And I met my first ever juggalo. Okay. Was, now, I, there's a joke somewhere there about meeting <laughs> my first juggalo during summer school, but um, so so I, ICP was really uh, new. And then one of my favorite like one hit wonders ever was bitch. Meredith Brooks's bitch. Yes, you're right. Because I do not remember a follow. You know what, Justin? You just unlocked a hidden memory. Because I was like, it, I don't know. We're talking, we're having this conversation, and it it's taking me back to when VH1 and MTV used to have like those specials or those like one-off like 
hour-long segments about you know what's going on. So wow, yes, I remember yes. Meredith Brooks. And the video was I when I watched the video. I remember watching the video and I was like, this is kind of giving me like a more lesbian Natalie and Bruglia torn vibes. And I was like, yeah. I'm not mad at it. Not yeah, uh, Sarah McLaughlin also became popular during that time as well. Um, so, like uh, my my class song, one of the choices was "I Will Remember You," but uh, oh. and we we ended up choosing um, which what this is was a new song at that time, but mm-hmm. it was uh, Green Day's uh, "Good Riddance, The Time of Your Life." So, oh, okay. so that's that's how old I am. Uh, that that was a new release. Um, the other big uh, song that is like one hit wonder. Like uh, I, I won't say I, I go crazy for it in the club or anything, but um, was uh, Chumbawamba's "Tub Thumper" or "Tub." Thumper. I that had to grow on me. Like this is when, like Justin, you remember this is when the radio would actually play music like they would play a variety of songs and i remember this always being in rotation i remember liking the song from watching the video because the video was all over mtv and vh1 yes it was kind of um uh, stockholm syndrome that you watched it so much that you ended up falling in love with your captain um <laughs> so yeah so the, like those were the 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 big crazy one hit wonders i remember from that time and i'm gonna get a little bit more serious now um we were overrun by a british group you might have heard of called the spice girls uh, um you're talking every, about like, i love the spice girls now uh allegedly every picture of this has been burned but for Halloween that year, me and five of my, me and four of my friends did dress up as the Spice Girls. Are you serious? You can guess, you can guess which one I was. Uh, G- uh, Ginger Spice. Of course, yes. Like, it, ah! yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I was wow. just gonna do Ginger Spice, and then my, some of my friends were like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Let's join in." Uh, so uh, uh, allegedly, all pictures have been burned, and there is no <laughs> further record of it. And honestly, I was not that pretty of a uh, ginger spice but um so that was uh so spice girls came out and they were the entire like you couldn't go anywhere without it you and, couldn't you could uh, not you know, i was obsessed i love justin i was obsessed with the spice girl they, like, they were something else i was like why am i so obsessed like this is they're not the best of singers, but the music was so catchy. The it visuals, was. like that was a marketer's dream. I was like, I love it. I'm here for it. And, and um, I, I don't know where the exact um, article is, but somebody once did like, what are the top worms, earworms of all time? And number one was one of you. Yes. I love it. So I, that comes on to this day on my shuffle when I'm in the gym. And I never skip it because it's it brings back such nostalgia because being 14, like not really having any cares in the world and just like loving that song. So yes, I, I can agree. Definitely an earworm. So, uh, and then one other, oh, okay. So we also had the Space Jam soundtrack at this time. We did. So there's a guy we're not allowed to mention anymore. Did a yes. very, did the epic, I believe I can fly. Yes, sir. Uh, Monica did uh, for you, I will. I believe that yes. was on there that that uh, album it was it was okay it was a it, it was a huge cultural impact that came out from the space jam uh and then um there was a, a guy who 
had his first single. Now, I don't know if this specifically, oh, I, I guess I'll say uh, Biggie had been shot a couple of months before I, I turned 17. Yeah. So we were still dealing with um, musically like the, the big um, songs from his time period were still filtering. So Hypnotize became one of the biggest songs in 97. And um, you also had um, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Yes. And, so, and uh, I'll Be Missing You. And those were all just cultural mug juggernauts. You, you couldn't go anywhere without them. So there was this um, new artist who debuted around that time. And it's crazy to be like, yeah, this guy who's such a cultural uh, phenomenon was a young artist um that's usher now um his first song was uh, you make me wanna and then it was um nice and slow mm -hmm. and i just remember those videos coming out and uh, you know he had that nice smile very talented and that boy was chiseled you did not. He have. was. I'm like Usher. I need your. I need your. I need your ab workout. I need your diet plan because I remember wanting to have abs like Usher. I'm like you're a little bit older than me, but I want abs like yours. And, and I don't remember anybody before him having that type of body. I'm sure there probably were, um, but like he really changed the game in, uh, you know, R and B and that sort of thing. I mean, you know. You, yeah. you never saw Bebo Bryson taking off the shirt. Ah, uh, Justin! I love it, Justin. Justin, gold star for you. I love it. You're right. Bebo Bryson would never, he could never take his shirt off. And I love no, Bebo no, no. Bryson, but he's not showing his abs. I don't even, I don't even no. know if Bebo Bryson had abs at that time. Justin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, Usher was was a cultural juggernaut and just completely changed. Uh, you know, uh, is still around today. Changed music. Did did some crossover stuff uh, within the next couple of years in, in film. Yeah. I remember. I really liked. Uh, was it lighted up? Was that the movie with um, Sarah Gilbert and yes. Ken Nelson? Uh, that was a really really good movie. Had that cultural angst of our time and was a really good representation of it. So. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think I touched everything on the news stories, the movies, the television, and the music. It was a, it was a, uh, well, I say it was a great time to be alive. It was. I was there. Like I said, I was there, so we were coexisting. It was a great time. Like, it, I feel like that, that energy and that time can never be replicated, even though we try to, you know, we're rebooting everything and, you know, oh, we are trying to repurpose those fashions. You, nothing beats 19, nothing beats the nineties. But for me, 1997 was such a great year. Like it yes. was. Oh, a great uh, uh, also one thing from the movie is, is that uh, they had done independence day a couple of years before. So everybody was still trying to, to um, get into the disaster genre. So, uh, within a couple of weeks, a movie called Dante's Peak and Volcano were released. Oh, yes. And they were literally, they were, they were almost literally the same exact movie. Uh, there were just movies about it, volcano explosions. And that was, that was that time period. Sorry. I feel the like there was an, I feel like that's, I feel like another 
set of movies kind of has this, not that vibe, but kind of in the same vein. It's like, was it Deep Impact and Armageddon? I feel like yeah, Armageddon were, like, was technically uh, Armageddon was technically outside of my 18th birthday. Okay, so uh, but so yes, there was Deep Impact, Armageddon, all of those movies. It was um, oh Godzilla was also just before my 18th birthday. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was a crazy time. And it's funny you say that we're having this conversation because I remember being on TikTok one on one rabbit hole earlier this week or what have you. And I remember they they have a name for what we're kind of talking about, where there'll be two movies that will release around the same time that are almost identical. And they did another example, like I want to say it was Friends with Benefits. And then it was. Yes something else because one was with justin timberlake and mina kunis mila kunis and the other was with ashton kutcher and natalie portman which i thought was yeah. funny because they're the same type of movie and then ashton and mila are like married i don't think they were married then but they're married now and i yes. just thought that was weird but i cannot think of was it i cannot There's no strings attached Yes, no strings attached and friends with benefits. There we go. I think that's something that Hollywood does every now, like every few years. It's just like, this is basically the same movie. Yeah, I I guess the word would be parallel thinking. Is that the... I, you know what? I would have to go back to that TikTok. Uh, But yeah, that, I think that is exactly what we are talking about. But I think that's weird because you're right. Those movies were the Dante's Peak and Volcano were basically the same movie. And I want to say, didn't Tommy Lee Jones say in later interviews that he regretted doing that movie? He only took it because it was a big payday or something? You know, I don't remember. Because it, wa- it wasn't, they weren't great. Like, these weren't movies where you had to really show your acting chops off. It was just a dumb popcorn. But... I would say I prefer Dante's Peak over Volcano because something about Anne Heche at that time, I I I didn't get the appeal. Like she was like one of those it girls at the time. And I'm just like, this is, no. She was beginning to get a little bit more buzz. I mean, she was really good. And I know what you did last summer. She was. uh, But she, they were, trying to shove her down our throats and she just oh what wasn't she dating uh ellen at the time too she was she was dating ellen at the time and then i think this next year like when they were hyping up psycho to be this great and i'm just like she's i don't think she's that great of an actress and I'm not trying to be, I, I just think no, there are far better fair. actresses than Anne Hage for what they, like you said, they tried to shove her down her throat. So I'm like, she wasn't particularly all that talented. She didn't have like that, it, to me at least, she didn't have that it quality. She wasn't any, she was not an ugly woman, but there was nothing spectacular. There wasn't anything like, I don't know, she just, of that class of actresses, she was like, okay. But if you realize, if we look back, 
her run of being the darling of, or one of the darlings of Hollywood, it really didn't last that long. I want to say by the mid, I don't even want to say the early 2000s, like she was kind of like forgotten. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Yeah, she did some good independent films, but just uh, her on a main Hollywood stage, it just wasn't there. It wasn't because I'm thinking like when I think of 97 and I think of actresses that were really kind of like buzzy. I think of Heather Graham. I think of Anne Heche. I think of um, she's a little bit older, but even Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like those were, and you see, they're still for the most part are still with the exception of Heather Graham. Are I mean she had to run, but they're still here. Like I don't know when I think of two thousand. I'm sorry, when I think of 1997, like I. The It Girl for me for 1997, and this is going to be so, so biased, was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, I, let me tell you, I was, and I, to this day, I am still obsessed with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, she can do no harm in my book. Like, she still, for the most part, looks the same. She's barely aged. She's unproblematic. And I'm just like, I love you, Sarah Michelle Gellar. You know, before you said, Sarah, I was thinking that because she had had, uh, I know what you did last summer and I had Scream 2. She yep. was a leader at Buffy. So, oh, you know, Dawson's Creek also came out. I started my senior year, too. And who was 17-year-old Justin in love with Katie Holmes? I did. I loved Katie Holmes. Like, I, I tried to watch Dawson's Creek. I will say this. I... Because Dawson's Creek, I felt like something at that time, they were shoving that down our throats. Um, they were... I didn't hate the show, but it wasn't must-watch TV. Like, a lot of times, like mm. it would just be in the background because I was doing my homework or whatever. But, yes, Katie Holmes, like, who's to, to this day, for the most part, is still pretty buzzy. So, yeah, yeah. like, I would give it to the Sarahs and the, and the Katies because Anne Heche, I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> no thank you I'll have totally a press note. like I, I I can't think of anything outside of I know what you did last summer that was that memorable from Anne Heche yeah I, no I there yeah nothing I can say off the top of my head like I, you said she did independent films I <laughs> I've never seen an age independent film. Um, this is much later, but speaking of independent films, um, I don't know if you've seen this one. This was a independent, well, I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's kind of independent. So there was this movie with, and no, I'm sorry. It was with Katie Holmes, Hilary Swank. Was it called The Gift? The Gift. Yes, that's the greatest movie ever. I, I, I remember going to the, so I, I think I think this might have been 2000, 2001. So I was still a little too young to be seeing this. But I remember <laughs> watching this in the theater with one of my good girlfriends. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm like, this is very, this is a very mature movie, but I really enjoyed that. It, yeah, that was, um, it was directed by Sam Raimi, who would go on to do the Spider-Man movies, the, the first couple of Spider-Man movies. Um, the, you, you know, um, 
that movie is even referred to, I think, in one of the Harold and Kumar movies, because they have some guys who are about to watch the Katie Holmes nude scene from that movie. Yes. And they're like, and, and it didn't look like she was going to take off her clothes. And then she did. I, I just always remember that line from Harold and Kumar. <laughs> I think it's one of the Harold Kumar movies. I may be wrong. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, yeah, but yeah, the gift. I, I really did enjoy that. I did. Yeah. But yeah. But Justin, it has been a blast catching up and you know reliving when I was seventeen. Um, so take us out all things Justin. Let the listeners know a little bit more about you and where they can find you. Ah, um, my at name is at Justin Ruff. My Instagram is uh, Justin Ruff TX for the proud Texan that I am. Uh, well, somebody's got to be proud to be a Texan. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, right now there's some pretty shitty uh, leadership, but it's still a great state and uh, we will will be great again, but uh, yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next time. We'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye, bye.